The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. Also, you can find this show on the Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football feed. This is the Gilcast. I'm Davis Maddock. I'm joined by Nate Noling and not Sammy Reed, because despite Sammy uh, having played DFS for a decade now and and you know traveling, he did not realize that Nevada was um, a state where you cannot register for DFS contests. So we are. Instead, joined by by Jordan Cooper, Mr. Blender, Mr. Blender HD, who went three for three on his predictions on what was going to happen on tonight's show. Well, it was pretty easy when I could see all of your lineups. Yeah. Sammy's a total fish. Well, I mean, seriously, (laughs) this is a total fish move. I mean, he knows he knows. And then he wakes up Sunday morning. It's like, what the heck? It's really unbelievable. when, Davis, when you DM me and you ask me Diggs or Barkley, and I'm like, okay, I know, I know, I know what, I know pretty much what team you're gonna play, and like, I think me, me and Nate, I, I, I didn't change my team from last night. I went in, Same. I went in with the Sammy attitude. I, I didn't. I want my all team alphas. Either. I don't want to deal with the, these these cheap Richie James, Khalif Raymonds, that types of stuff. Here's it's just the like, thing, though, you guys escaped the blade because Khalif Raymond played in the 15th highest scoring game in NFL history, was minimum salary, ran all the routes out of the, sl- out of the slot. I mean, you guys- But he didn't, the but he didn't. Did you not watch the game? The only reason he ran routes out of the slot was because uh, Cephas got hurt. Cephas got Tom hurt. Kennedy was the guy. Tom, Tom Kennedy, Kennedy was the was who you thought Khalif Raymond was. I'm gonna going to be. I'm gonna keep it I'm gonna keep it 100 with you guys. Tom Kennedy did not enter into my thought experience because this guy. Tom, I so I obviously I do projections, so I have to know who Tom Kennedy is. He has been in the NFL for like if you had to guess how old Tom Kennedy is, I mean he has been on the Detroit Lions since 2019. Like we're, we're these guys been on the team for four years and has just done I mean nothing. He has he has six receptions in his NFL career and just shows up today to to own. The Khalif Raymond bros. I think you got lucky with Khalif. I think Khalif was bad. I told I mean, he, you Khalif he, he was bad. He could have got he could have gotten zero and my team still would have been fine. But I mean that's that's because uh okay, let's let's just go ahead and get into it. Blender comes in, wins the three man. I mean, just you love to see it. Comes in from the outside, takes us forever to figure out uh the three man. Had to had to send these guys invites via via email because Nate couldn't find Blender and then you know, we can't find Nate's email. We, obviously, no one can find Nate because it's just Nate N. There's a million Nate Ns. So Blender scores 189.92. Uh, 
He plays Josh Allen, Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Lockett, TJ Hawkinson, Josh Jacobs, and the Titans defense. Nate played the exact same team with the Steelers defense. And then I played. Well, he Josh played Allen. the. T- well, hold on. He he played uh, Not the same Josh team. Reynolds over Cooks. So basically, he paid up for the Steelers and went down to Josh Reynolds. I mean, just one of the. And we'll get to that. We are going to absolutely rake him over the coals for this. Don't you don't don't you worry, everybody. Then I uh, I played. I scored one hundred and sixty one point six two. Josh Allen, Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert, Deontay Johnson, Cooks, and then our big difference was our our two v two was I played Khalif Raymond and Saquon Barkley instead of two 5K plays, right? So instead of Josh Reynolds, Josh Jacobs, or Blender, yours was Josh Jacobs, who? Well, well, Blender paid I have, I have Lockett, and, and you don't have Lockett. Yes, yeah, but, but I have this. I had the salary for Lockett. I just played Deontay straight up over Lockett, which um, well, feels bad. Feels Deontay bad. is more than Lockett. But I had, the, I had the salary in my lineup to choose either, and I chose... Uh, I chose poorly. I mean, that's just like the of all the reasons why it's annoying for Sammy to not be here. Chalk Deontay week where where Deontay absolutely sucks ass. Just really unfortunate to not have to not have Sammy here for that. The Deontay thing was unfortunate. I I was I was like I really wasn't struggling between Deontay and Lockett. I was struggling between Lockett and Cooks. Same. That was my. That, that I, was I my thought 1v1. Deontay. I thought Deontay was a lock. I actually like, I'm not going to roast you over playing Deontay over Lockett. I think that Deontay is, yeah, I think Deontay is like $500, $600 underpriced in this spot where I think that Lockett was a good value, but I thought Deontay was just a better play straight up here. I, I do think Lockett Cooks was close and I almost went Cooks, even though projections like leaned Lockett just because Cooks is the brand. I had to play Cooks, but I didn't. I don't even know how Blender. I mean, what do you even do? Do you just do you just run do you just run a blended optimal and click optimize and that's it? And you just don't well, even the, think the, about the, it. It turns out this was it. Like I didn't have to make the choice that you guys were making because I just said why not just play all. Uh, I don't have to make a choice. I'm just going to play all three of them, the, uh, based on uh, the Sunday Saturday night uh, blended optimal from five different sites. This was the optimal. I hand built this before I even clicked the button because I said, how do I not play Khalith Raymond? I don't mind Josh Reynolds, but he's, of course he's 4,600. I don't want to play Mariota. I don't want to play Geno Smith. Like, give me these, Allen. These people, these people playing, I saw some Mariota. I saw some Geno Smith teams out there. And, I mean, look, good for you, the Geno team. I mean, he ended up scoring more than Josh Allen. But do you just these te- you are just so playing with fire with these Mariota. I mean, even Goff, right? People are going to play Goff and Cash a bunch for the rest of the year after seeing these games. And I just, I don't, I cannot do it, man. Mariota was 22% owned in the hundred dollar double up. Call, call an ambulance for the people who played Marcus Mariota in cash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mariota was rough. I actually was excited about Josh Reynolds. I, I thought that Josh Reynolds was the only wide receiver on the team that actually has a legitimate that that's an actual legitimate NFL talent. I thought he would be running the high value routes. Um, and I, I thought they were going to move the ball still, even with Amon Ray. I mean, the whole team was out, but he's the only one that was a legitimate wide receiver. I mean, I'm, I'm not playing Khalif Raymond. I'm not playing Tom Kennedy. Uh, I'm not playing Qu- Cephas. Um, 
I I thought I thought Reynolds was like a really what good if player. I told you that Khalif Raymond had more yards and more touchdowns and a greater yards per reception than Josh Reynolds last season? What if I told you that? Would that change? What if I told you that Khalif Raymond is like a five seven, like 175 pound, like that's so those are the guys we want. These are the guys we want on DraftKings.com. You catch a ball, you fall down, you get you you get a point and a half, and then you just do that ten more times. But Josh Reynolds legit runs like high value routes and like, I mean, he was. This is just the fucking Mac Collins thing all over again. Josh Reynolds is just a career, a total empty calories guy. Been in the NFL since 2017. Never been any good. Always bad yards per target. Like I just, I'm not. I thought Josh Reynolds was by far. I mean, like I look at Nate's team, and I could have easily played like. If I weren't going to play my team, I would have played his team. The only difference is, is that I feel I I'll be like Sammy. I feel like a fish paying up for defense, like Steelers defense. It's like thirty six hundred. Can was, I use that money elsewhere? There was no need to pay up for defense this week because the best defensive options were all cheap. Well, who did you play Nate, defense, Davis? Nate Steelers deep. I played. I played. I played your Chicago Bears against Danny Dimes. I got six points. Nate, yeah. you do this. This is actually I'm no, I'm I'm noticing a leak in your game. Is sometimes when you don't know what to do, you'll just pay thirty four hundred dollars for a defense just because you're. I mean, you you I know better that spot. You totally you totally I know better. Josh Reynolds' expensive D over like Blender's lineup from a in a vacuum is way better than yours. Well, yeah, probably, but I I don't know. I wasn't gonna not play Josh Reynolds like. It, it, this is this is an absurd absurd thing to say dude in this like you know jared goff is going to pass the ball you know they're going to move on this seattle defense the seattle defense is awful this was Nate, the only game what if i told you what if i told you there were multiple instances of josh reynolds being a starting wide receiver with jared goff when they were members of the los angeles rams with sean McVay as head coach and he did nothing what if i told you that would you be interested in that Nate, Nate, I have a, I have a, I have a question Davis, for you. I mean, you're literally talking about the second highest team total on the slate, the best wide receiver running routes, high value routes, not crappy routes out of the slot, but high value, like anything with a decent touchdown expectation, it's going to go to him. He's going to get high a dot. Well, throws it actually, it actually team all, total game. It, it all went to TJ Hawkinson. Actually, well, yeah, I, I didn't see that coming, but I also played TJ, so it's fine. But at the end of the day, like Detroit was literally the second highest team total on the slate. And it like you have the wide receiver that, you know, is going to be the only one that is an NFL talent and can win at the at the point of catch. And I like it. He was 46. Oh, my God. Nate, if, Nate, if Price wasn't an option, Nate, if Price, let's say uh, let's let's ask this question. And I can understand if you're going to side with Josh Reynolds. Fine. If Price wasn't an option, who would you if I didn't matter? Would you rather have on this slate Josh Reynolds or Brandon Cooks? Price Cooks. didn't matter. I mean, Cooks. Yeah. Okay, so it's then Cooks. who cares about defense? Play the defense against Matt Ryan. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, also, you guys just exaggerated the Raymond thing. He saw five targets. Like, it was fine. Because there was an injury and allowed him to play snaps from the slot. Quintus like Cephas Kennedy... would not have played the whole game in the slot. Raymond had been the slot guy before. I believe From I believe, what I was watching on Red Zone, I did not see I thought Khalif Raymond was gonna be the slot guy, but he was not until the injury. I mean, that is 
but I'm not going to, I'm not going to claim I watched this whole game. I but did. here's the, I, I guess my thing is, is I just, I, I didn't have uh clearly, I did not have a degree of confidence that Josh Reynolds was the best play on the slate, but I did. I mean, it was like blender. I mean, it was interesting that the Lions team total really didn't move when Shark Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown were out like that, like that. I was expecting it because we, this was a week we saw a huge movement in totals. You know, the, the Ravens total went down the, I think the total in uh, Jacksonville, Philadelphia dropped six points. Like it, and the Seahawks lines didn't move. But the, the thing about Raymond that it, we're playing cash games. I look at Raymond and I'm not saying he's bad. I mean, I could have played your lot. Like I look at your lineup and I go absolutely viable, but especially in wide receiver positions in this day and age of the NFL, if it was 2017, I'd say that about running backs. But now in wide receivers, yeah, I look at that's that. A good, that's Ray, a fair point. Raymond has in his a, a, a good portion of his range of outcomes is, is a zero. single digit. Right? Yeah. Or no, I'm not even saying a zero. I'm talking about three, six. Look at Richie James. He put a point nine. If it wasn't for this Lions value, it's quite possible Richie James would have been the cheap receiver. If Renfro wasn't out, Hollins would have been gone. And, and people would have played Richie James in a team to- lowest team total game uh, on an offense that has no, like, Richie James's role doesn't change. And, of course, 20, like 25% of people played Richie James in the in the double-ups. I, like- I saw, so I, I saw Richie James' team. Uh, actually, I had a Richie James' team saved for most of the week. But Raymond was, I mean, no, like, once, once Shark was out, it was, like, no-brainer. You were playing a Detroit wide receiver. You you had to. I did something James. happened with Richie James. I don't know what. I don't like. He was only out there. I think in the first half he ran like four routes. Well, well I mean the, the whole Giants. First. It was it was just all the. Well, he fumbled. He he lost a fumble. Davis, I all I could hear in my head when I built the team with Reynolds or Raymond, I just heard Sammy's voice in my head. I heard Sammy's voice. <laughs> but he like, was, but. But the Sammy voice Swift, in your head was Swift wrong. Swift is out. Swift is out. Amon Ra St. Brown is out. And this show, I, I'll turn on this show Monday morning, and all three of you guys would have lost. And it's like the Lions put up 10 points, and it's like we and we played three Lions in cash with Joff, Je, uh, with, with Jared Yeah, Goff but turns out, turns out we turns should have played like five Lions in cash. It turns out the Lions are in the best offensive game, like environment on the slate outside of Buffalo and Baltimore. Like, well, this except was that was, that split. wasn't even because the weather was horrible there, and it, but it you, was still the highest. I mean, I I would say like, I mean, do either of you, after seeing the weather and how it impacted that game, did either of you feel bad about playing Josh Allen? I, but it's no. it's like I don't really know what I would have done, I because I would not have played Mariota. I I just didn't even consider ever playing anyone other than Josh Allen. Did but, you did you Davis? Did you consider playing Diggs? Because I thought yeah. I I I I did not consider Diggs at all, literally at all. I mean, I, I would have I would have played Devontae Adams Diggs. over Diggs. Well, I probably I don't have my projections up right now. I bet I had Diggs as the highest projected player as the slate. But even if I didn't, even if I had Adams projected higher, and if it was close, I would probably just play Diggs because I had Allen. No, but but if yeah. you take a look, I like my team without Diggs because if you take a look at the construction. If, if any Diggs team, like if you tried to build an Allen Diggs team, you were conceding somewhere. You probably couldn't have Barkley in your lineup for sure. And you probably still needed a cheap wide receiver. And then on the Barkley teams, you wouldn't, you like, 
the fact that I played Josh Allen is like, well, against those Diggs teams, if Diggs goes off, like I'm getting those points from Allen also. And I don't have to worry about Barkley in those lineups either because Diggs Barkley's lineups would have like Mariota in it. And that yeah, did no, badly. So, no so I view the it only, the only way the only way to do Diggs Barkley was a lineup that would have just been fucking horrible, which would have been <laughs> Richie James and Khalif Raymond. And then you would have played and Diggs. probably Mariota. I, I salary no. was tight this week. You would not have been able to play Allen Barkley and Diggs and had a decent team. Like you would have I had think to give it up also it also wouldn't have been uh Hawkinson at tight end. You would have had to have played someone cheaper at tight end. So I mean, honestly, honestly, I do like Hawkinson was like, I think 40% owned the massive uh, $50 double up. And I do in a way, like I do feel kind of bad for people who didn't play him. Cause like, that's a one V one. And you, I mean, your day was just done. You, you were just, you, you were just, you played joke. Yeah. If you played, if you played in Joku, if you played Pitts, if you played whoever, I mean, it was the, the, he was the Will Fuller, Matt Collins, Christian Kirk, where it's like, that dude just has 45 and everyone you're playing against has him and did, you're just dead. Did you consider like, to me, I viewed cash going into it as the three players preloaded into my lineup were Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert and TJ Hawkinson. Everything else could be debated, but like those three guys weren't going to move. out. I, I didn't think Josh Allen could really be debated. And I didn't really think Deontay could be debated. I'm I'm yeah, I'm pretty similar there. I had, I had Deontay as our number one value on daily Roto. Yeah, I think Deontay was like $600 underpriced here. Yeah. I think Cardi had him as the second highest projected wide receiver on DraftKings. I mean, he's been getting a ton of volume. Like, he, and it's he, consistent. He, I mean, he was getting a Monroe St. Brown volume. He had had seven straight games with a 30% target share, double-digit targets every game this season, yada, yada. I mean. I mean, yeah, all three games he's had double-digit targets. What I didn't take into account was that he sucks and plays for the Steelers. Yeah. Why? Why I mean, are we burying a lead here? Why? Why? Why haven't? Why haven't we started the dunk fest on why Davis did not play the West Coast Barkley? Seriously, the, Davis, why wouldn't you take Josh Jacobs at fifty five hundred in this spot? Like, because you literally I wanted, think Jacobs I is to, bad. Like, you're still stuck in like this weird two thousand and twenty. He gets of thirty Josh touches a game get. for fifty five hundred. What are you kidding me? It's like no, he's he, still the. Who do you like? Who do you think is getting the workload in this game? Are you are you scared of Zamir I just, White? I just like Barkley. But I mean, Barkley's the high scoring player in fantasy. Twenty five hundred dollars more expensive though. Yeah, but I had Khalif Raymond. Oh. <laughs> I mean, what do I what do I need to what do I need to sweat it for when I have when I had uh, twelve guaranteed points coming in from Khalif Raymond? I mean, you guys getting the fucking career game from Josh Jacobs? I mean, if I set the line as as like what what price would I get you to bet on this was Josh Jacobs's highest career PPR points he'll ever have. We beat you by 28 points. He didn't Davis, even need that well, much. Yeah, I mean, I I could have taken a zero at the position and still beating you, Davis. Well, you guys, you guys, I mean, you got me on both sides of the 2v2 because whatever, Reynolds scored more than Raymond and Lockett scored more than Raymond and Jacobs just straight up outscored Barkley. So yeah. what can you do? I mean, Jacobs I mean, I, is like... I, I thought, I mean, Barkley is just, I mean, Barkley can do the same thing as Hawkinson, where like if 40% of your opponents have him and he's. And Jacobs can also. Why, why can't you come to the realization that in the past four games, Jacobs 
gets the same workload as Saquon Barkley. He's not as explosive. Yes, I get it. We'll talk about spark stores, whatever. You could say he's horrible. Well, but I mean, in this offense, he does the he's getting 25 to 30 touches, which includes five to seven targets. Well, That's Saquon I mean, Barkley. I can afford just making stuff up. He before this game, he had not played more than 72% of the snaps. He had only one game with more than one target. He had not had more than 19 touches in a game. Barkley's had more than 19 touches in every game. He has not been below 83% of snaps in any game. He has had at least four targets in every game. Like, it's not, they're not comparable. But he's $2,500 cheaper. Right, and he's Blender, a $2,500 cheaper When you can player. pay $3,000 more for a guy in the lowest game total on the slate that you can't <laughs> guarantee is even going to see 25 offensive plays, you got to do it. You right, just got to jam, jam that in. You got to jam that in. Davis Why playing. did you play? What people were going to play there? There were people. There were people today that were going to play Herbert, James, and Barkley in the lineup. I'm like, what are you people doing? You're going to see a total of 20 plays. Like, I mean, literally, I, I've watched enough Bears games in this season to know, like, Saquon at this price, even with the workload, with the game projection the way it is, I, I was I mean, not how that many, scared of people. How many touches do you think Saquon had today? If you had to guess. 28 he saw 35 touches most most interactions of any player on the slate he had uh 160 scrimmage yards so he got 22 without a touchdown i mean you guys you guys honestly ran hot to not get completely buried like you, you guys you guys you guys should have gotten compl- i I honestly didn't realize his workload was that big like you guys should have gotten absolutely how smashed. many passing plays did they run 20 the, the Giants ran well Daniel Jones got hurt um so they ran they only ran 17 passing plays the Bears ran 20 they were at 31 passing plays they're high Davis, on the season Davis Barkley could have gotten three touchdowns we still would have beaten you it, that isn't accurate <laughs> that's that's wrong <laughs> Yeah, well, look, you lost by twenty-seven points. <laughs> I was, I was coming, I was coming into this ready to give you guys the benefit of the doubt, but then looking at the Jacob stuff, it actually made me more confident. I was right. <laughs> yeah, but you had to play Khalif Raymond in order to do it. Hey, I mean, you know, sometimes you live and you die by the Khalif Raymond, and you get what you get. <sighs> Khalif Raymond was bad. I like, and I actually think he ran good. Well, I don't think that. I mean, my my. My two contentions would be is you guys are overrating a one-week spike in Josh Jacobs' passing game usage because he had had two targets uh, before that game that they were losing against Tennessee. They were never losing this game against Denver. I don't, I don't believe they trailed on the clock at all. And I I just was as – because the data from the last year when these guys all played together showed is Raymond was more productive than Reynolds – so it seemed better to take the more productive player for. Did, did you at least play him on salary. Fanduel Cash, Davis? Did you play him in Fanduel Cash at least? So it's funny you asked, Blender. I actually like today's slate enough to deposit a little bit of money over on Fanduel, and I, I, because I, I felt I had a pretty strong angle today in tournaments. That obviously uh, I didn't just play all the chalk, so I didn't win anything. Uh, let's see. Did I? No, I did not. I played Josh Palmer as my cheap wide receiver on Fanduel. Didn't get there. Why'd you play a cheap wide receiver at all on FanDuel? Because I double stacked Justin Herbert. Oh, you, oh, you're playing GPP. I'm talking about cash games. Yeah, no, 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 no cash on FanDuel. I, I, uh, I, I can't do. I can't do the cash games on FanDuel. Um, 
All right. I, I should have gone with Cokes over Lockett. Yeah, I mean, I know, you're a I fucking know. fraud. I can't believe I didn't. <laughs> I mean, Nate, last week, Sammy and I are just are just castigating you. Like, can't believe you played this guy. He's so, and you get, you were like, no, I'm right. And then he's in a better spot this week, and you don't play him. I really should have, just for the brand. I mean, I can't believe I didn't. I mean, we we told you for the brand. Before lock, we were like, dude, you got to do it. That was really the only thing I was sweating. I think I've had this team since like Saturday at like noon. Um, the only thing I was sweating all day was like Lockett versus Cooks. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's do let's do tournaments. I'll just I I have this uh, terrible terrible team um, oh, that I, I want to pull mine up. Yeah. I mean, so I did not because I'm only playing single entry and three max. I did not play uh, any of jamal williams and play tj hawkinson uh so none of my teams none of my teams made any money but i i i did actually really like uh this this team that uh that i played uh, my my angle my angle was justin herbert double sacks was i was like he's gonna be herbert's gonna be leverage on the detroit seattle game he's gonna be leverage on the you know on hertz lamar and josh allen yada yada uh, Justin Herbert, 9% owned, gets 24. AJ Dillon, 4% owned, he gets 9. Rashad Penny, 25% owned, gets 31. Mike Williams, 22. Amari Cooper, I did not have Amari Cooper projected for 18% ownership. I would not have played him. Uh, would not have played him in this team if I did. Josh Palmer did nothing. Darren Waller did nothing. Rondell Moore did nothing. Rondell, uh, and then I played the Packers defense, who also did nothing. Rondell was the play I thought was going to be super sneaky. Uh, cause he was just going to play the Dorch troll and Dorch didn't play at all. I think Dorch only got one target. Um, and the Dorch troll had been really good, but it, it turns out Rondale might just be bad and, uh, and Dorch might just be better than him. I mean, did you guys see when he got tackled on the third and long? I mean, the defender just reached an arm out and just sat him down. I mean, he is the smallest guy in the, he's got to be the smallest dude in the NFL. I just, I have so much hope for Rondale. I just can't. It's the first time I've seen him on the field in, it was it was the best spot for him. What's yeah, I know. Up I had you, what's up with Rondale. you and small guys? You're playing Rondale. You're playing Khalif Raymond. I mean, because like... these guys are good on DraftKings Blender. They 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 uniquely benefit from the scoring system. <laughs> Let's look at uh, the wide receivers that smashed today: Mike Williams, CD Lamb. Not CD. CD's a smaller guy. CD's only. Yeah, CD's only. CD's only like uh, like one ninety five. That was my biggest struggle with CD. Is I didn't think he would win. When he wasn't in the slot. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people who've been having the um CeeDee Lamb's not a real number one wide receiver takes are having a, a tough a tough time. Um well, I mean I don't know, Blender, what did you think about, about the the Herbert double double stack? I, I I was I was over on Herbert. If I were to I played my main I played 10 single entry three max lineups as well as a hundred large field lineups, but had I been allowed in like we need the one lineup for this show or whatever, my top lineup that I would have made. Uh, was Hertz, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard with a Christian Kirk run back, then Rashad Penny, Josh Jacobs at the running back spots, Josh Palmer and CeeDee Lamb, Josh Palmer in the wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb in the were flex, you were you Cardinals surprised defense. at how owned Penny was? I was I was just about to say I that. was I, shocked. So I also had Penny in my team. So I also did a Herbert double stack. I went uh Herbert Williams and Palmer, unfortunately, with a Nico Collins bring back. And then I went Michael Carter, Rashad Penny, CeeDee Lamb, 
Mark Andrews and Bears D. Penny Penny's ownership shocked me. No, like, I didn't shock me. It, I knew he would be much higher than was owned because first off, if you're trying to make those types of teams, so to two reasons. Remember, I'm the ownership guru. Uh the, the two reasons is that uh if you try to make expensive stacks like the the those types of stacks or even build stacks, you need a che- you need someone that's even cheaper than Josh Jacobs in your lineup. And Penny projected the best out of any running back under five fifty five hundred. So, but it, are you? I mean, he was literally five percent less owned than Jamal Williams was. That is no, shocking to me. In in because in order to make those types of lines, and also he was the leverage play to shore. If you listen to any GPP show the past three days, yeah, he was. He was a don't play Jamal Williams, play Rashad Penny. Right, and you're and you're getting leverage off of Lockin, leverage off the Lions receivers like that, like. It gets steamed up like that. I didn't mind. I mean, but I knew that the ownership was going to be. I mean, I, I, had, I, I, I had him for single digit from pretty much like I pull ownership from a couple different places and everywhere had him projected for single digit ownership. So to see, him I, above I personally 20, projected him in large field at 16%. I would have. I don't know I what he was. He, I would have in, in, in a bunch like the red zone in the spy. He was above 20%. I mean, I 9.5 in the, uh, oh, that's the double up. I just want to take a look at uh, large yeah, field, 13.9, the milli. I mean, that's really high. That's really high for a guy who is is touted as a leverage play, but it's not going to be good for a points per dollar play. I mean, in the red zone, you literally had, uh, what was it? Uh, he was the third highest owned running back. I mean, it was Khalil Herbert at 43, Jamal Williams at 32, and Rashad Penny was 27%. That's insane to me that I, like... I would not have guessed he was the third highest on running back. It's, I think I think it's I know so why because people are mentally weak and don't want to play Josh Jacobs at fifty five hundred. Well, if I, I would have known Josh Jacobs would have been. What was he owned in this? He was six percent owned in the Millie. Holy cow! I mean, you guys yeah, are looking, gonna, looking you guys at some are of get so burnt treating Josh Jacobs like he's no, no, because he's going to go up to seven k. We're not going to play him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, that's uh, that's. I mean, okay. I my immediate thought when the cards flipped over and I saw a penny at that was just like DFS has so jumped the goddamn shark that 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 he that he and Jamal Williams who were projected literally like ten points apart could be that close in ownership is just I mean this is like you know this is the now, Amari, Amari Cooper at nineteen percent of the milli that that's that's a little bit egregious I mean how did that even happen. Because everyone, because if you play, because I think the reason is, is that if you're going to play uh, the Mariota stack is very easy because there's no one else other than you're playing London and Pitts in that lineup. And then because you're using the tight end spot, like you're not playing Njoku in a double tight end construction. What who's playing Donovan Peoples-Jones? They're playing Amari Cooper. So I think a lot of this Cooper ownership and of course get recency bias or whatever. I didn't expect them to be 19% owned, but I mean, that's. That's that's a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, also, apparently, Rashad White just fumbled, which is so bad for my bags. So bad for my bags on a day that uh, that uh, Alberto literally played played one snap. Okay. I mean, probably the bigger conversation we need to have is like, I mean, this it just sucks to obviously to get beat by teams with such a high cumulative ownership, right? I mean, it's not it's not very fun, but I mean. 
uh, I've been talking about this with um, with Brian Hooper a lot. It's like astrology versus heuristics, you know, like I like like I'm I'm sitting here, you know, douchebag fantasy football tout like, well, I actually did think Jamal Williams was fine at his ownership, but I did not think Josh Reynolds and Hawkinson were fine at their ownership. Like 25 percent on TJ Hawkinson ends in tears, like such a huge percentage of the time. So Blender, what's your what's your astrology take here? My astrology take. Well, uh, just your your criticism of of the astrology bros, such as myself. Well, because I'm I, not I, I'm not running Sims. You know, I'm not I'm not calculating. I'm not doing that either. But I'm not even doing that either. But I'm I'm trying I'm I'm trying to construct lineups that I don't mind eating chalk. I don't view players. See, that's the thing. I don't view players as good chalk or bad chalk. I just view them as these are their projected outcomes. And how do I not play? chalky players in combination with one another so like i had i had i i had less of than the field of jamal williams i had more over, i was over on eckler i was over on taylor that didn't work out uh man it's Jonathan not about taylor. being over Jonathan or under taylor. it's just that how do i play these lineups in different constructions so like a lot of my penny lineups had jonathan taylor in them and not stefan diggs right and a josh but allen stack but your penny lineups, knowing that you are flipping over a lineup with Penny that's five percent less owned than Jamal Williams, and you're giving up ten points of projection, that's bad. Like if I would have known Penny and Jamal Williams were that close in ownership, I never would have played Penny. Like Penny was an objectively bad play at his inflated ownership. No, it's not. You're giving up like ten points of projection. No, that has nothing to do. It has to do with the distribution of outcomes between the other players in the game. So in in a outcome. Where, uh, where if you go by Rashad Penny's, now this is a 93-point game. So obviously we're talking about a very big, you know, the two standard deviation outlier. But if we if we put Penny's 80th percentile outcome at like maybe 24 points, like it's most likely coming out of Lockett, out of Metcalf, out of Geno Smith, and out of the game in the hole. So like Penny, even at 16% ownership, if everyone else in the game wasn't owned that much, I'd agree with you. I'd say like in and, in and of itself, but you have to factor in how many lineups does his points take out of other people's lineups. And because it was taking out since that game was so owned in general, in combination, I'm like, either I'm going to play the players in combination. I'm going to play a three plus one, a three plus two, or I'm just going to play Penny or just going to play Jamal Williams. And I'm just hoping for an outcome where the production sides on one person's favor and everyone else gets knocked out. In other games, you like like you couldn't say that about uh like someone like uh like uh like Stefan Diggs, for instance. Yeah, because he's not taking away from that many other guys who are that right. right. So so it's yeah. like I don't I don't care about his own his ownership, like because if he was 26% owned, like dude, Diggs has a 40 point ceiling. Like I don't care about the ownership at that point. Well, turns out, turns him, out Rashad Penny also has a 40-point ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Except it comes at 30% ownership. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I just, I, like, getting beat in tournaments today with a bunch of people with Hawkinson teams doesn't really bother me. I, I think more often than not, it's minus EV to play guys that are 20%. Well, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking more in terms of, like, the combos. Like, when you know that a guy you're playing is also going to be owned by 30% of your opponents they're also going to be really deep into other combos that you can't even begin to calculate that can beat you. I, I just I think, think it's... 
no, no, I mean, I, I'm no, not, I, I'm not even, I'm not even saying you're wrong, Blender. But what I like, my general thought would be, I think it's, I think honestly, yours is a more complicated way to view it and harder to build lineups. Even well, I don't know if it's harder, but just a different way, a different way to do it. Whereas more, what I'm thinking is, I'm just trying to embrace chaos in general. Like I would just like I just in, whether that be in game injury or or bad weather that we are not expecting or just coaches are bad or a, a guy has a bad day or there's just a bad game that wasn't expected to be like I just would prefer to have less of the field on similar combos. Yeah, but me. the less of the field doesn't matter if the lineups aren't good. Like I I understand the hawk cheap tight end. If you were to fade the cheap tight end chalk over the course of five years, yeah, you're probably rich. ahead. Now, Hawkinson in the scope of a Seattle-Detroit game lineup, like my attitude with the cheap tight end chalk is that if you're playing Goff or Smith or you're playing uh, Lockett or Metcalf on the other side of that game, like I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah, Hawkinson has a one-off with no one else in that game and playing the, like, dude, you if Hawkinson has a big game, what's going to end up happening is that you're going to have Brent, you're going to have, Brandon Cooks in your lineup while your opponent with Hawkinson has DK Metcalf and Geno Smith in his lineup. So you're much better off with that cheap tight end chalk, just stacking as part of it rather than play it by, than play it by itself. That's why I don't want to play like cheap. I don't want to play cheap chalk, but I don't want to play chalk uh, Josh Reynolds as a one-off. No, I want to play him with Lockett or Metcalf or with a stack or, like that's that's kind of what I'm saying. So it's a matter of the full lineup construction because once you start stacking, you start reducing the amount of combinations and lineups that you're playing against. And you go off that's and true. you you, you but play. But then a one-off. you're placing you're placing more emphasis on your one-offs, which is just a harder way to win tournaments. I mean, it's harder to win. It it is you're it's having like playing to get... more parlays. Like you're you're reducing no, but you're not doing the, the one-off field that you're playing against, but you are like increasing the leverage on your one-offs. So like your one-offs have to na- like. Let, let 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 me let, let I'm looking right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you which okay. You tell me. I'm looking at the millie. Okay, so we're talking about large field. Tell right. me, tell me the highest com- combinational ownership of two players in one lineup. So what two players had the most percentage of lineups that had both of them in them? Lockett and Jamal. Not even close. Or Jamal and Herbert? Nope. Okay. I would say Williams and probably Williams and Hawk. Herbert and Richie James, 3.4% of all lineups in the Millie. Herbert plus Richie. Someone, Rich some tout, some tout got out of control with Richie James. Someone, someone was out of control with Richie. Okay, James but this number morning. number two is Barkley and Herbert, which are running backs that are opposing each other. Which yeah, are, okay. So I, I'm not I have a big a, fan I, of. So I, I want to take, I want to take, I want to take umbrage with this because I think you can, as someone who plays in a lot of the contests I play in, I think you can make a lot of the wrong conclusions from studying data from the Millionaire Maker. Where one, it's a lot of people who are playing bad. And two, a lot of people who are doing things that you like people who are running 150s, like the stuff that like Whistles Go Woo and Brian and these people are doing are like so far above my understanding. Like it doesn't even have anything to do with football. It's all math and correlation matrices and simulations and stuff that like I'm not I don't even want to try and understand what those guys are doing because it's just going to mess me up. 
Yeah, but that's what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I just and do I'm not. Manually. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you're wrong or that you're playing bad. I'm just like I. I don't think that's true. No, but, but just... the, the but the point. The general point is that when you say if I if I would have told you like Hawkinson for instance in the Millie, so large field, nineteen point nine percent owned, like in a vacuum. If you didn't tell me the rest of the lineup or anything like that, you go. Should you be playing cheap tight end talk, chalk? At night, twenty percent on on a twelve game slate, in the in a large field contest, it's the easiest way to find leverage because the guy could easily get single digit or or three or something. Yes, I get that. Now, once you start adding, because you know when you play Hawkinson as a one off, you're competing against nineteen point nine percent of lineups right now. Once you add Jared Goff at what? Let me take a look at Detroit's ownership. Jared Goff was 3.6% owned. Okay. Once you add then Josh Reynolds, who's 11% owned, you have to, you, how many lineups have so, all three? So you're and saying, then you so, add Metcalf and then you have even less lineups. So something that's convoluted about what you're saying is you make it, it's, you're saying like it's a really small percentage and it is, but then you're talking about to get first place, which is what we care about. It's really all that matters in these contests. You are quite literally flipping coins with, 50 other teams, 100 other teams, 200 other teams. If 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 you're if all of these high percentage players are hitting and that's a really tough way to That's win. not they're not high percentage players. Well, there's 200,000 people in the milli. In the, in the if I'm only competing against 50 field. lineups. Isn't that wonderful? I'll go uh, you know what I'll do? I'll play Josh Palmer. How how what what is he what own? Percentage are not, they, I I would actually rather know what percentage are they owned of the top 200 players because I don't really care about all these lineups that are not even scoring above hundred points. So mm. even like your ownership percentages that you're building your models off of are diluted based on these floor lineups that you're not competing against. Mm. You can just take those out. So really what you want to know is like, what is the ownership percentage of this that you're going to get a differentiation versus the top 200 lineups? Because that's ultimately going to determine your actual expected value of like, like tournaments, you know, from a, and that's part of the problem with most of these ownership projections is you're looking at like a massive field where it's like, we just need to exclude half, like more than half, 80% of those lineups. And that that's where your ownership projections would get way more squished and way more um, like high leverage where your, 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 your differentiation and ownership could be the difference between, you know, a first place finish and a 15th place finish. And that's where it's like, those, those are huge differences. Like I, I so, guarantee, I guarantee, I, I agree with you, Nate. I guarantee you that there, there are some Hawkinson lineups with Goff at the bottom of the Millie Maker that have Amon Ross St. Brown with an injured tag in them. Also, like, like, yeah, there are, and also there's a lot of min cash, like people's cash lineups thrown in. So it's like they have min cash equity, but you're not competing against them for first place in the Millie Maker. So once you start narrowing this down, people get so obsessed with this individual player ownership, and it's like. Well, you could play Chalk Hawkinson in a in a in a Seattle stack, you know, a Geno Smith, Lockett, Metcalf, Hawkinson, but maybe in that lineup you're not playing Khalil Herbert. Like you're now that lineup you're playing six percent on Josh Jacobs and and so eight percent on Damian this, Pierce. This is my question, Blender. So do you think that people who are playing in the contests that I like the the spy, the red zone, you know, these big single entry contests on DraftKings. Do you think we are being too chalk averse? Do you think we're being a little bit too precious? Just saying we don't want to play 30% owned Rashad Penny. We are playing no Jamal Williams, not even considering playing Jamal Williams. Do you think, do you think that is 
an overreaction. Yes, I think that I I think it's fish to think in terms of individual players. Of yes, if if you're if you're playing Josh Allen and if you're playing a chalk stack, don't play. Probably you're gonna have to find a way to get lower ownership somewhere. Where you get it is a different story, dude. I played. Look, look, I played some lineups that had Mitch Trubisky, Claypool, Fryermuth, and a Garrett Wilson run back, like. Those lineups had Jamal Williams in it. Like, like I I need to raise my projection because I am playing a Steelers stack, which is awful, right? And so that players, that would be that, that would be would, a combination where I would totally play Jamal Williams, right? But that's the yeah. point that's that I'm making. So we're not starting hand. there. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that's why I'm not a good GPP player. I just like when I look at it, I'm like I'm not playing Khalil Herbert at 30% owned or Jamal Williams at 30% and Hawkinson at 30%. I'm just not. Yeah, but, but, but Nate, Nate, the question to ask is not that the question is, let's say Nate, I gave you a lineup that had, that already had eight players in it, right? It already had eight players in it. And I told you that its projection was X. And I told you already that you have low enough ownership to win the Millie maker. And you had to slot in the last player. Would you would wouldn't you want to take the highest projected player right there because you already have an like it doesn't like would you want lo- a lower projected player or would you just want to play the higher projected player if I give you that situation? Well, at that point, I would take the highest projection. Well, that's the point that I'm making. So it's like you're you're you don't have to play a lineup with a cumulative ownership of twenty percent. Like that's that's just that's nuts because your projection is going to be so low. But once you're at once you're at a certain level. Once you're playing Trubisky at 1% and Claypool at 1% and Fryermuth at 4%, like if that's the winning stack, how many lineups am I really competing against? That if I play Jamal Williams in that lineup, if I play uh, uh, even Jamal Williams and Khalil Herbert in that lineup, like, like, dude, I just, that lineup with those three players and the run back of Garrett Wilson, I'm dropping like 15 points of projection on an average lineup. I need to raise that somehow. And because I'm already competing against so few lineups to begin with, why wouldn't I want the highest projected, you know, points in my lineup? I'm already good. If that stack comes in, I win a million dollars. Like I'm I'm good. Yeah. Just give me the most projected points. Well, and also, I mean, I I think there's another way to look at the the Rashad Penny thing in particular, which is like the field is kind of flattening their ownerships. Like, you know, they're not, they're not going like three years ago, Jamal Williams would have been. 60% and Penny would have been 8% instead of 40, 30, you know? So it, it's, it's like you, you can kind of level yourself and you could maybe even make the argument that people are playing uh, a little bit suboptimally and not just jamming the best plays as much. Well, Richard James will still be 10% owned for whatever reason. <laughs> I mean, I cannot believe you guys faded 35 Saquon Barkley touches and lived to tell the tale. All right. We're going to get out of here. Not just, everyone. not just lived to tell the tale one by 30 points. Well, you know, we won uh, by it. If you played Saquon Barkley twice, we still won. <laughs> I, I have never, I have never lost in a game where I didn't run bad. Right. If, if, if luck, if luck, if luck was, uh, if luck was not involved, I'd never lose. Um, all right, boys, we're getting out of here. Jordan, thank you for hopping on the show. Nate, thank you. We will uh, we will see if uh, Sammy can remember if he's in a state where he's legally allowed to register for daily fantasy sports contests next week. Later, everybody. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.